when you have equity in your career, there's certain spaces you bump heads with. The crowd you're in the mix with or rubbing shoulders with gets more heavy. You're at the top of the game, you get the top of the deals. And over the past few weeks, it's safe to say we have definitely seen record <laughs> shattering activity. Because, <laughs> oh, what's going on out here? Freddie, we in the building. There's a lot <laughs> that's going on in these comedy streets, a lot to discuss, a lot of um, moves being made, a lot of flourishing. Moves. <laughs> and a lot of um, funny things happening. Yes. So let's go ahead and pop right into it. I just uh -huh. knocked out this Netflix documentary with two of the big dogs. Mm. Kevin Hart, Chris Rock. Biggest. Joining forces. What does this mean for the comedy culture? And Netflix gonna get a hold of it. Two A-listers. Um, no one opens up. I feel like this is a pretty, this is a this is a brilliant strategy by those two mm -hmm. to just capitalize on their fame, their power, their exuberance. Um, and they show the comedy world what and how it's supposed to be done. Mm -hmm. um, these two gentlemen right now, I think, are pretty much at the top of their game. Um, comedy is the kind of thing where <laughs> when you're good at it, you could do it for the rest of your life. Comedy. <laughs> when you find your signature um, sound, when you, sign, when you find your voice um, and you find your, uh, you find your crowd, you could do this forever. And they've hit their zenith, and they're going around collecting a check, having fun, two homies who have um, grinded it out. And now they are reaping the benefits of their, of their labors. The stand-up comedy game is so funny to me. <laughs> because you see the top of the level, yes. but you don't see what it takes to get there. And no one has an idea. But in this documentary, I like that they showed, like, old footage. Because I think Kevin started at 19. Back in Philly, he was, when you see him, you see yeah. but he has a dream. He has one thing that is undeniable um, after his talent, and that is passion for... Passion. Comedy. Hunger. He put in his 10,000 hours. Sure did. He put in his 100,000 hours, and there's a reason why he's number one and uh, why no one else is. I just love to see, like, old footage of uh, comedians trying to figure it out. It's, because everybody loves to see the oh big picture. Oh, my God. You and but, I both know that it's the, the soil <laughs> that, gonna, that's at the, at, in the beginning of the movie get real deep into it. that is the most important part. Because he said he used to call himself uh, Little Kev the Bastard. Yep. That just goes shut yep. up. How rough it was in the <laughs> beginning, because you're just in the beginning, you're just throwing ideas you're at the wall to see what sticks. <laughs> Little Kev the bastard, and they would say that when they'd come. You know what I mean? But he had a mentor. Correct. Yeah. He had someone putting um, um, putting game on him. Yeah. Um, someone who he could speak to, and yeah. someone who he could listen to and learn from, which is something that we all need. We all need that. Um, we need a mentor. We need that guidance <laughs> because you need someone to help, like, make it realistic. Yeah. You need someone to help make it um, um, attainable. And for Chris Rock, I, I, I don't know if it was his mentor directly, but he said Eddie Murphy set that blueprint, and then after he saw him getting those looks, are you kidding? Yeah. He just you know, right before skyrocketed. That, yeah. If you know their tra trajectory, Eddie came first, and then Chris was right behind him. Right behind another him. young black comedian. He mm. just seen who and how it was being done in New York City, and um, he knew that he had a similar talent. Uh -huh. He could um, hang with the big boys on that level. Definitely. He put <laughs> he put the work in, and um, sure did. <laughs> he climbed the tower. And Eddie Murphy gave him a break in movies. That's how this game works. Relationships. You got to reach connection. back. Each one, teach one. That's how it works. Mm -hmm. Now, <laughs> I sent you this list <laughs> not too long ago uh -huh. about the current state of getting booked hmm. in L.A. <laughs> 
things have changed. Okay, it's it's, it's always yeah, it's, it's always evolving. Yeah, it's, things have changed in social media. But huh? what I what I took from this list was that number a hundred. I know he was being sarcastic, but number hundred was be funny. Right. So from one to ninety nine, there was so many other things besides, that you could have put besides being besides funny. Besides being actually funny as and, a comedian and trying and, to get booked in LA. And you and me both know <laughs> what is going down with getting booked in it, LA. It is nothing yeah. to do with actual talent. <laughs> you would think so, right? You would think you that would think so. <laughs> getting booked at stand up yeah. uh, clubs, yeah. um, bars, arenas, anywhere would have a lot to do with how funny you are as a comedian. It's changed. It has so much more to do with branding, labeling, growing your podcast, growing support, growing your uh, <laughs> growing your own following yeah. first, uh-huh. and bringing something to the table that uh-huh. they can chew on because. Becoming a star now is so much more about yeah. getting where you are popping first mm-hmm. and then taking it somewhere to present than actually doing the work yes. and then coming up that way like uh-huh. you did prior to the internet. Yeah, because the number one on the list, he said, be famous. Right. <laughs> so Lord, those are, are you kidding? <laughs> right. It's not about how talented you are. It's about how many eyes you can bring uh-huh. to the event. It's how many tickets that you can sell. Butts and seats. And how many butts that you can put in those seats <laughs> so that they can charge them at the bar. That's all that matters. For those two drinks, for those yes. two hours. Uh-huh. And then when you go out, you won't have to pay to get back in, yes. but you will pay to get those drinks again. Yes, so still, you know, pursue what you got to do, but on a comedy end, it's not only about, can I get this spot? No, it's growing your podcast, growing a click, growing your social media, Instagram, TikTok, everything. everything. It's everything except actually being funny. Editing. Yeah. Oh, my god. You gosh. have to be an editor now. Yeah, you do. You have to be a song. Yeah, you have to be a... Um, business. Yeah, you have to be low-key, uh-huh. a 1099 yes. business person of uh-huh. yourself um, if you want to do anything in entertainment yes. now because the opportunities are endless when you can do it, yes. but getting that ball rolling is the hardest part. Because even on the outside looking in, I'm showing your algorithm, you see videos, captions, edits, captions, edits, captions. That's It's software. It's software. software. You have to be smart. You got to know what you're doing. What? And, you can... <laughs> and if you don't, you need to have access to someone who does. Yes, yes. Someone so, in your clique who does. That's what I took from that list. Now, somebody that does have a big following, but is getting a lot of slack because, you know, the OG is just like, what's going on? And that's Charleston White. Yeah. Uh, he was just on stage. A fight broke out. <laughs> what was he doing on stage? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but he was thugging on stage mm-hmm. and somebody popped up and this sometimes happens. In um, <laughs> It can happen at comedy shows. Charleston White is one of the most enigmatic yes. um, personalities that we have on the internet. He calls himself a comedian yeah. in at... In at um, <clears throat> In as much as he can get people to come to yeah. a place and there's chairs there and then he'll say things. Yes. Um, anybody who goes to his shows, yeah. I feel like they know what they're going to get. Um, <laughs> and it is what it is. He's selling out. Unfortunately, uh-huh. he does have about as many detractors mm-hmm. as he does supporters. And in this scenario, uh-huh. some of his detractors took the opportunity to... <laughs> rough him up because at a comedy show yes there is often very lax security it is a place of joy it is a, yeah it's, it's usually a place that no one expects anything to happen at a comedy club usually that's why when anything happens it goes viral so fast because <laughs> usually people are in there jovial um drinking and they're just there to have a good time everybody usually knows the rules in comedy clubs yeah. even when things get uncomfortable and someone's getting roasted or made fun of <laughs> there is this sort of social construct or contract that states that it's going to stay here yes. and then it doesn't spill out 
into the parking lot. It's just a happy place. So when you see things not so happy, it is a uh, big cause of concern. Now, <laughs> what made me laugh is all the things he was picking up before the guy got on stage. I don't know. It was, he picked up Jerry. a stool, a mic, water Anything. bottle. He was looking for security. You could tell that in, in real time, he could see the, the repercussions for his talking were actually going to hit him. So he was backing up and looking for anything. But alas, they, were, they jumped on stage and they were able to give him... Um, more than a hug. Look, let me ask you a question. Have you ever performed on stage and somebody pops up on there? <laughs> What's your first instinct? I feel like you can feel it when yeah, things are getting tense. It. Yeah. It's, it's, it's always, um, <laughs> uh, boy, it's a, it's a tense feeling. But usually I haven't had it, and I, and I pray. And I, I yeah. obviously it will, right? Totally the, long, the, the longer that you do it, it will. My guess would be a front kick would be my guess. Yeah, I'd be, like to keep... Yeah, you'd be training. What, what? you mean? Yeah, I just like, I like to keep peace. The reason why I like to exercise, I just yeah. don't want trouble. Yeah. Freddie, if you, if you bring me trouble... Pull it out of your back pocket. I bring you trouble and a half. Just leave me alone. Just I don't, alone. Right, because I don't know what I would yeah. do. I pray... That if that doesn't happen, when it does happen, I'll let y'all know. Yeah. But I think it, I, would, I would try to dis, uh, de-escalate first. De-escalate? Because violence is, is, is yeah. you know, is, and you, you know the places that we be performing is we don't want anything to happen. Yeah. No wet t-shirts. Things happen. And they do. because Especially if you're a roaster. And you're only in control of so much, which yeah. is why I personally do not don't like to roast. Don't do not roast. What? It's not. It's just, just let people in the front stand in the front. Are you kidding? <laughs> I like to make the butt of the joke yes. the joke. Yeah. It has nothing to do with any On individuals. I don't yeah. even like crowd work because that means <laughs> yeah. that now you're putting your show in uh-huh. the control of strangers and yeah. you're, not, you're not in control of that. Ready? No nonsense from you. Yeah, so if you have a check out the footage, you'll, you'll, you'll see, see what's going on. He lost control of his crowd, and then they attacked him. You can't... Comic 101, you're in control. I'm going to attack you off stage. What? I'm get off the stage. In real time. He wasn't even telling jokes, Freddie. <laughs> yeah, things happen. Mm-hmm. But there's another guy who loves physical interaction. <laughs> I already have to laugh because right. everybody knows how he is. Mm-hmm. Now, he might be a good teammate, yes. but how he goes about being a good teammate, people have a lot to say. <laughs> he, he just be doing a lot. That's Draymond Green. My guy. Ah, this guy be choking people, slapping My them, God. stomping on your ribs. It has been 15 years, and there has been so many examples. Yes. And the thing is, he has a podcast. He's a four-time NBA oh. champ. He is one of the smartest players in the league. So when he does these things... Uh-huh. You can no longer give him the benefit of the doubt because you know that he's being this malicious and nasty on purpose. He has had instance with Rudy Gay, uh, a multitude of NBA stars, but this last one Uh was the one that got him... What was that? I I can't even explain it. What kind of slap was that? I am an avid, as you can tell, an avid Draymond Green fan. He likes LeBron James. (gasps) They're friends. I love that kind of black excellence. It makes me joyous to see those dudes enjoying themselves. watching Draymond and him turn around and do this sort of phantom punch to Yusuf Nurkic, who is an adamant, uh, how do I say this, frenemy of their sort of group. They're known, yeah, a little, little, yes, a little, a little um, FYI behind the scenes, they don't like Yusuf Nurkic. And that goes back years and years and years. So this had a little bit of history towards to it. And Draymond just wanted to see what he can get away with. He knows that that is nothing. That is something you can do at the gym at 24. um, You know, when the homies, right, when when you're playing somebody that you want to, that you don't really like. But to do that in an NBA game was egregious. And unfortunately, he has been suspended indefinitely yeah. 
You never want to hear that. Which means we have no idea when he's going to come back. That's from your job. You never want to hear that. What? (laughs) When you get suspended indefinitely, that means that they have no idea when they're going to bring you back. That means that there's going to be steps on steps. That means there's going to be meetings. There's going to be counseling. Uh There might be therapy. And most of all, Freddie, there may be lost wages that are attached to this thing that we are not sure that are going to come just because he couldn't control himself. That he was having these emotional um, outbreaks. Now, when they tell him to do therapy, what does the therapist say? What if he smacks the therapist? Fred, Freddy, <laughs> Freddy, he's a smart guy, Freddy. He's going to outsmart the therapist. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's someone, he's like Cersei in Game of Thrones. He knows everything that he's doing. He's malicious. Oh, my he's, God. He's, he's conniving. Makes me laugh. He's a veteran. He's wily. And he will, <laughs> if you give him the chance to get under your skin. It's very jumpy. He will do it. <laughs> now, we've seen. Okay. If you're a baseball fan, I know you still haven't calmed down from this. But if you're not a baseball fan, mm. you still saw it. Oh, man. $700 million contract. Shohei Otani. $700 million. Seven. Is that the highest? That, that, is, they've... that is the highest grossing <clears throat> contract in MLB history. I'm not sure if it's in American history. The reason why or how they came up with these numbers is Shohei is great at two things. He is a fantastic pitcher, pitcher of the ball, uh-huh. and he is a fantastic hitter. Okay. So they took the salary of the highest pitcher, <laughs> and they took the salary of the highest batter. Okay. They combined these two numbers, uh-huh. and they went to the marketplace, and him and his team said, we want this kind of number. Uh-huh. They went to the largest markets possible, the, the people who could afford it, right? Yes. Boston, New York. LA, and mm-hmm. I believe those were the, the biggest ones um, that they were seriously uh-huh. um, considering because Shohei wanted a long bag. Okay. He wanted a secure bag. Very secure. <laughs> and he wanted to be compensated <laughs> for both sides of his talent, and okay. his team was able to do that, and it is tremendous. Now, you know the contract is big when they start breaking it down for us by hour, by day, by minute, by oh, blink, by breath. My <laughs> Why do they do that? <laughs> Just to remind you, if you have a specific talent or skill yeah. that is, um, um, you should be getting paid for it. Yes. Like, if you have a family member, a relative, anybody who can get you out the hood, you need to be doing everything that you can because the... The the paycheck in the bag for the talented is truly unlimited. And you have to stay on track along the road. There's certain things that you can do or hop into. I've been trying to find a way to keep the momentum going up throughout the day. I've started drinking Magic Mind to get me in the right state of mind early on and all throughout the day. Gives me the energy that I need. Makes me more productive. It's all natural ingredients from the best supplies out on the scene, especially no sugar, paleo-friendly. If you're like me... And all these athletes trying to handle multiple things at once. I say give it a go. You can get at magicmind.com slash Freddy with the code Freddy20. 56% off your first subscription. 20% off your first one-time purchase. A lot of people have been mentioning it. A lot of big name guys. And I've shared it with family and friends who are looking for that boost. Magicmind.com slash Freddy. Code Freddy20. I'd get the 30-pack for the best value. Lord. Now, when these contracts drop... We go look in the comments. Every time. In the comments, I always see parents say, oh, let me put my kid into baseball. Uh, if it's a basketball contract, oh, let me. Why do parents start plotting when they see those athlete contracts? I feel like, and it goes back to something I was just saying a little bit about, if you have someone who's talented in your family, yeah. 
it could be very confusing because you want to see them do well, right? You want to invest in them and in their passion. You you can see their greatness and, and you can see it sometimes before even they can, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. we have talented friends that tell us all the time that you guys need to be doing X, Y, and Z because yeah. if you guys do it long enough, loud enough, you guys will be rich. Um, <laughs> it is just, it is, it is wanting, it is, it is, rich. it is born from yeah. wanting the best and seeing the best your in kid. your family member or your, or your friend. Uh-huh. Bringing that to life is how things can get kind of confusing uh-huh. and how it, it, it things can go awry very easily yeah. and good intentions can spill into bad actions uh-huh. if they're not um, guided correctly. Now, the NBA is very hard to get into, but you know what I did notice is that there's a lot of leagues when you're a kid that you can join. You can join Travel Ball. Right. <laughs> there's, there's just a lot of leagues to set you up. AAU, there's yeah. Travel Ball. It's year-round. Uh-huh. There are these tournaments and circuits of very talented Athletes and they go around the country year round playing the best um, competition, Setting getting better. Um, they are um, iron sharpens iron, steel sharpens uh, steel sharpens steel, and they're playing the best of each other. And they're kind of growing up in this network of knowing each other yeah. um, with virality, and then these tournaments. But yeah, it is yeah. it is it's very competitive, and I, I call it even cutthroat. And the parents are keeping track. And the parents. <laughs> are keeping track because it's not free. Buy me a house. Freddie, where you get that back? It's not free. And yeah. the parents want yeah. uh, to be recouped yeah. for their efforts and they want to be um, taken care of because look at, look, at, look at someone like John Morant. Yeah. That guy's dad has done everything for him and now they have matching mansions uh-huh. down in Memphis yeah. and they're living like, like kings. shoes. What? I love to see a father-son connection in the limelight like that. Uh, Devin Haney is another one. It's another Him and his dad they, from the mud. They, they are... They know how to do it. They are crafting the yeah. family yeah. legacy and greatness. Uh-huh. They're taking the reins and they are doing it big time. Yes. They are riding those waves because now, after yeah. his last def- uh, defeat, fight everybody. he is up, and yeah. now they're going to uh, they're going to really cash in twenty twenty four. I, I see that fight with Tank. I could see I could see twenty twenty four being huge yes. for for um for them. Now, athletes, everybody already know you know they get big contracts, but they're also handing out other contracts, and that's commentating on the athletes. Oh man, and you could really make a bag out of it. We've seen Shannon Sharp, Steve A. Smith. Are you? They have. <laughs> redefined what it means to do sports commentary. What's going on? <laughs> it is, I think, a byproduct of the open marketplace. Yeah. I had no idea. When I first seen those two, yeah. knowing them, I knew it was going to be raunchy. Yeah. But I thought it would only stick to us. Cameron is very raunchy. I thought it would only stick to the culture. Yeah. To see him going viral consistently, yeah. to see him getting guests that are across the table yes. and they are more mainstream means that the people who are watching him consistently are not just members of the culture. They are people who love entertainment. They are people who want a different perspective on sports. And yes. they're people who are tired of the traditional sports that they're getting from places like Yahoo mm-hmm. and um, Sports Center. Different perspective. And they recently had Jack Harlow on there. And the reason why I'm bringing up Jack Harlow... Of course, right? Jack Harlow has a song where he's critiquing radio and he's critiquing podcasts now podcasts you know you could talk about all you want uh-huh. but should the artists have that space to talk about who's talking about him right i feel <laughs> like somebody like jack yeah. is very cheeky yeah. he's a very smart rapper he's yep. very witty he's very timely mm-hmm. and in his music choices he is always talking about things that are topical which yeah. is one of the things that makes him so popular absolutely he is well within his right and because he's able to make it catchy and it's a bop 
the radio hosts are yeah. going to talk about it even more when uh -huh. he comes around and it's going <laughs> to keep more. and it's going to keep his name in people's mouths it is yeah. another um marketing trick it yes. is uh, another marketing ploy uh -huh. it is smart because he when he drops he likes to capitalize and make the moment about him yes. and he's done it again yeah so let them get off with how they want to get off and then the radio can interview and do what they want to do everybody gets a paycheck everybody eats, <laughs> and, everybody that's, eats. and that's what's most important everybody yes. eats and you know who's eating right now as well matt rife Woo. And they are uh, coming for some of his material when I get too deep into it. Mm -hmm. But uh, <laughs> they're coming for his material, but mm -hmm. he is going back at him. Freddie, he has, in the time of the pandemic, in the last two or three years, his um, career has skyrocketed. Yes. He has gone from being regionally famous mm -hmm. to nationally famous. He has um, traversed the toughest uh, the toughest part of, of being famous, and that's going from, yeah. I kind of recognize him, to, yeah. oh, that's who, that's, I know him now. They know. <laughs> those, those, those crowd work clips yeah. it, during the pandemic, those, his TikTok, his virality <laughs> has, has done for him um, what the gold mine did for the, uh, the miners a um, hundred years ago. Yeah. It has put him in a place and position that has opened the door for him and put him in front of a lot of eyes yes. very fast. Ooh. And a lot of people are getting um, introduced to his style of comedy mm -hmm. um, past the crowd work clips. And um, they're not... They have some opinion. They have strong opinions <laughs> have strong about opinions, it. Huh? They have strong yes. opinions about yes. the real him. Yes, but uh, he got to the point where they know who he is, uh -huh. and that is the hardest part of the game. At the end of the day, comedians it's just material, it, and uh, I can't I can't really say how you know how everybody will connect with the line, but mm -hmm. I don't think it's something that is intentionally trying to. Offend. I don't, yeah, correct. I, not I, intentionally. I don't think he's trying yeah. to intentionally offend. I think yeah. he's genuinely trying to find his base or what he believes uh. his base is. He just happened to be um, exposed to so much more than I think even he thought yeah. he would. Because if you, if and this is the part that I, we, we know Matt yeah. and his style of comedy, so yeah. we know how it's going to land on everyone, but he also has been able to find his tribe and his vibe. And in 2024, he will thrive. Uh, recently, uh, they dropped the lineup for Netflix is a joke, which is like Coachella. It is the Coachella of comedians. comedians. It is yeah. the time when the biggest of the big will come down and do shows with a lot of the burgeoning and up-and-coming stars. Uh -huh. It is a great way to cross-reference. It is a great way to network and yes. see comedians that you wouldn't necessarily always see. Mm -hmm. And it opens you up to a hundred more different styles of comedy and comedians yeah. that you can um, potentially fall in love with. The, the thing that I notice about on these uh, flyers and lineups mm -hmm. is <laughs> how the size of the font is. Yes. With like the the big name. The acts, big name as and then opposed you see to the, the the people that are gonna be big. <laughs> Correct. Burgeoning. It's like Coachella. It's just it's, like Coachella. It's the exact same thing. And then it is a sign of the times because those kinds of signs and posters yeah. are an indicator. One year your 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 name is in small letters yeah. and now you have the challenge of making it to those big letters. Size 46 times new Roman. But the, the hardest step, yeah. Freddie, you and I both know, is yeah. getting your name on there at all. At all. So congratulations to all the <laughs> comedians who, are, who, have, uh, yes. who have participated. And we can't wait to see what yes. 2024 yes. will bring because um, it's going to be fantastic.
2024, mm-hmm. keep going. That's it. You know, keep making new waves. Keep hitting those deadlines. Hey, 2024, anything can happen. That's all I can say is keep an open mind because yeah. um, good things can happen to us too. Yes. That's something that I definitely want to remind myself of yes. and I want to push that on you too. Remember and say it with me. Good things can happen to us too. That's Ooh, all I got. I like that mm-hmm. and it's safe to say that if you keep going, good things will happen to you as well. It's real serious.